to Fancy Town Crimes Podcast, a podcast about crimes in fancy towns told by middle-class broads. All right. Well, hello, everybody. Hey, guys. This is Megan. And this is Taylor. And it's Fancy Town Crimes. Wahooey. <laughs> Louie. <laughs> <laughs> um... So it has been a week <laughs> for everyone. It's been a week. It I feel has like been a week. I feel like everybody that I've talked to has had a week. Like I, this week, I don't know what it is. Felt like a month, honest to God. And it was the kids yeah. too. Like they came in on Wednesday and they're like, "Oh, I thought it was Friday." One kid was like, "I thought it was Saturday." I'm like, "It's Wednesday. We are in trouble." Oof. It was. It was. That's rough. a bad, bad time. Yeah, and- I got my second shot on. Wednesday, Wednesday, and I was out. I was gonna say, how am how are those antibodies feeling? They're jiving with me today, though. I'm feeling, I'm finally feeling energized. Uh, Thursday was a rough day. Wednesday night was a rough day. I had major fever, and then Thursday was a rough day, and then Friday I was just like super tired from being tired and being sick. <laughs> but now I feel very excited about what my life is going to look like in two weeks. So feeling good about that. Yeah. So we are going to take ourselves a little two week sabbatical, as we say in the biz, um, because it's the summer and we're coming out of a pandemic and my God, everybody get out there and enjoy living your best vaccinated life without a mask on. Yeah, girl. It's kind of wild to think that there are some stores that are going to lift a mask mandate. I know. I don't know. I'm like feeling so anxious about it. I think <laughs> it's going to, I don't know. I think I'm probably still going to wear a mask like inside places, like mm-hmm. inside public places, mm-hmm. because just like, I'm going to feel so weird. Like, I don't know. I agree with you. Like, I don't quite know. Like, I so I understand the rationale between behind like I'm vaccinated and I'm so low risk of spreading or getting it. And if I did get it, it's highly likely going to be a cold from what other people have reported, which is nothing. That's like not a big deal. But I think it's just the mere like social aspect of going yes. out without a face covering on to me is absolutely wild. Yes. So, so bizarre, like so strange. I'm just going to feel like highly uncomfortable there's been this tiktok going around this guy oh my god he's so funny he was like he he was saying like listen i'm fully vaccinated and like they're starting to lift mask mandates how am i going to go into a store and let the let the people working there know that i am not a republican and that is why I am not wearing a mask <laughs> or not, well, not wearing a mask. <laughs> it's not even like, here's the, here's the saddest thing. Like I don't feel bad for them often, but I feel a little <laughs> bad for Republicans because <laughs> the issue is that their party has been taken over by absolute it's... psychopaths. Like, oh, and yeah. I don't even, Conspiracy I don't even say theorists. that kidding. I don't even say that kidding. I'm like dead ass serious, no, like legit. psychopaths. And so, because all the Republicans that, well, granted, they 
they're kind of like liberal in the sense now because they're like technically republicans but they're like like i don't want to i don't want to utter that aloud because the republican party has changed from let's talk about tax policy to let's make sure that nobody who's not white straight cis can have a good life like it's it's gotten ridiculous it's gotten it's yeah it's gotten wild like we have reverted to a very scary time yeah so i i'm feeling so weird about the whole no mask thing and actually beth um who hi beth because i know you listen girl hi, hey girl um she we were we were recording for the wind podcast the other day and we were talking about this with somebody and we were saying has anybody like experienced a decrease in social skills since the pandemic because like I don't know how to interact with people anymore like because for a whole year I was like please stay away from me like get back get back get back everybody I I don't know how I'm going to be a normal human ever again I have news I don't know that we were ever normal humans to be good so I think we're okay and I'm cool with it I'm cool with it I just lean into the weird just just let it ride just yeah (laughs) lean into that weirdness let it be let it be but now I think honestly um the conspiracy theorists are gonna out themselves because they're gonna be wearing masks all the time because they are afraid so excited much to literally (laughs) breaks my scientific heart that they think that you can shed a vaccine it's amazing like I'm so excited that they are going to be like they're going oh my god I'm so excited that they're gonna be wearing masks but this is so this is the solution (laughs) if you want to wear a if you want to wear a mask like I'm still going to be wearing a mask um because I'm scared of everything uh wear a mask that says something on it um like um for instance I just got in the mail which I'm so excited to wear a sweatshirt that says um chardonnay and equal pay which i'm just like yes girl so is that um, because only liberals drink wine uh i think so that's that's like the key thing there right is that chardonnay piece correct correct so you can get that printed on your mask and then no one will have any question about where you stand and whether and your your vaccination status so you're good perfect i'm digging it well Let's, uh, oh, you, I did want to say one more thing before we venture to mm. Kenilworth, Illinois for today. Yeah. So another epic fail on my part for TikTok. Okay. Okay. So I'm trying to like tag the places that we go to. Cause I'm like, oh, maybe someone like follows a hashtag for their state and they'll sure. be able to see like, okay. So last week was Oregon yep. and I tagged it on TikTok and I just like read it really quickly when I did the hashtag and I thought it said Oregon TikTok. I read it this morning. It says Oregano TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very sorry, Oregonians. Uh, but you're Oreganos now. <laughs> Oregon. Oregonorians. Oregonorians. That's incredible. I was like, oh, wow, this has nothing to do with cooking or spice or (laughs) oregano. So that's cool. If you were looking for cooking TikTok, you've ended up in the wrong place. I know a bunch of those uh, French chefs who clearly go to TikTok for inspiration are like, zut (laughs) alors! They're like, how did I end up on true crime? (laughs) 
<laughs> oh god all right so for today you are taking us to kenilworth illinois yes ma'am and i know i say this every time but you pick the hardest places in the world i I'm had sorry. to i had to dig dig for a light-hearted thing and i could not believe i was like this is this is so difficult it took me like two hours I'm not surprised <laughs> <laughs> it's I think it's probably because I I end up so I, I feel like I kind of do the opposite of what we like intend to do sometimes where when I look <laughs> for a case I have a very specific sometimes it doesn't have to do with a case necessarily it has to do with a like a relevant topic that recently came up and I'm like oh I want to make sure to cover this thing and I need to find a crime that fits that mm -hmm. and I go down that road and I feel like that's what makes it really challenging is that I end up picking somewhere that like is so random it's not well known and like the crime itself is not well no, neither. So everything else about it is so challenging. I mean, so I give you my apologies. No, no, honestly, don't apologize. Like that's, that's good on you. I, I appreciate hearing um how you go because how you find a crime, because I am the literal opposite. I'm like, Ooh, what can I find on a TV show so that I can just watch the show, take notes and then write it while it's fresh in my brain instead of having to course through sources and figure things out because we're smarter, not harder. Friends. Yeah, no, you totally have the right approach. My approach, like my brain just takes me down this road that I like follow. And then I I'm like, I'm so many sources deep that I'm like, why did I do this to myself? <laughs> No, but I honestly, I appreciate it <laughs> keeping me on my toes. So thanks for that, friend. Okay, so um, we're going to Kenilworth, Illinois, which I'm hoping I'm pronouncing right. Uh, got my sources from the one and only a wiki. Wiki, wiki. Data USA, and then also an article from the Washington Post by Caitlin Dewey. Mm -hmm. So Kenilworth is a village, which is also why it's hard because it's so flippin' small. It's a village in Cook County, Illinois, aka the Prairie State. Think of a little prairie dog popping its head up like, welcome yeah. to Illinois. Um, How cutie. <laughs> located in the American Midwest. It has a beach on Lake Michigan and is approximately 15 minutes from downtown Chicago. Super, super close. And it covers a total area of 0.61 square miles. Tiny. What? Oh, tiny. Point six one. Oh, wow. Wow, 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 wow. So uh, Kenilworth was founded in 1889 when Joseph Sears purchased the land for a little over 105000 which actually is pretty expensive for yeah that. i mean i couldn't buy it now so no. <laughs> <laughs> um he had several of his associates form the he and several of his associates form the kenilworth company to execute the suburban dream uh, the company cute. advertised the land sears invited his personal friend which sounds like an mlm if you ask me my personal friend <laughs> he's like guess what i have this land do you want to buy it from me do you want to do you want to come in and like you can earn so much by also selling this land yes you also have to bring in other people to do it here's this starter kit <laughs> <laughs> so by the end of 1896 the village had 300 residents and was officially incorporated the Kenilworth Company planned the community to take advantage of natural features and the beauty of the area with a country atmosphere and tree-lined roads and public parks. Colleen Kilner wrote a book about the town called Joseph Spears, 
Joseph Spears and his Kenilworth. In the text, she claims that the lots that were sold um, were exclusively sold to white people. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. she provided no evidence to substantiate these claims. Although the town had strict ordinances about building, there were no written restrictions regarding settling, uh, selling the land to people of color. But we can all kind of guess that um, in 1896, they probably weren't really selling to people of color. But Prob not. Yeah, I'm going to go Prob. ahead and guess. That Prob not. They weren't high up on the list, unfortunately. So the Kowloons were the first African-American family to move into Kenilworth. And I'm not 100% sure what the time frame is, but it kind of sounds like it was around the 60s, maybe the late 50s-ish. While they were met with resistance from some community members, I love how they're like, some resistance, including cross-burning and vandalism. Yep. For the most part, the community was actually largely supportive of the family. And like denounced the things that happened which is great to hear because I when I was reading this article I was like (laughs) I see where this is going and I was like oh I do not see where it's going this kind of it's kind (laughs) of warms my heart a little bit my cold dead heart so Walter one of the Kowloon children talked about how the community bent over backwards for him to make sure he was never left out oh Years after the cross burning, two teenagers confessed to the father that they were responsible for the event and apologized. So, like, actually kind of came full circle with morals and everything. What a nice little story there. Wow. I hope that's actually what happened. Otherwise, I'm going to feel real bad. Okay. (laughs) So, Kenilworth is a tiny but very wealthy area. The town does not have its own fire department, library, and 911 calls are handled by an outside agent. So that's why it was so hard for me to find anything lighthearted because it's not like the Kenilworth Police Department has a police blotter or anything. Yep. And, you know, when you look up like funny things on the patch, there's like really nothing there. Well, it's because they have to outsource everything. Yeah. So it falls under a different category. Um, I didn't realize that until uh, after I had spent about an hour looking into it. So <laughs> that was cool. Should probably do this research first. Um, it's the eighth wealthiest community in the United States and the wealthiest in the Midwest. As of the 2010 census, the village had over 2,500 residents. The racial makeup of the village was 97% white, 0.3% African American, 0.1% Native American, 1.3% Asian. of two or more races and 1.6% Latino or Hispanic. Sadly, there was nothing about Pacific Islanders and I was really sad. I know the population consisted of 79% married couples. There were a lot of families there. And of course I had to include this statistic 5.9% female with no husband. Of course. Can we have can we have men with no wives? Can you Correct. also put that in statistics? I don't understand why that isn't included. I don't understand. I also don't understand why it can't be single people. Like in general. I don't understand. Just like look at these heathens. Single with no husband in my town. I can't oh, believe it. These women just gallivanting around in their short skirts <laughs> and leggings. Can't believe it. So the median household income for Kenilworth is $212,750. That's a pretty penny. Yes, girl. 
And the median property value was $1.13 million. Yeah. So, of course, I had to Oof. go to my, my very favorite Trulia. Shout out to Trulia. Go Trulia. Um, and I birthday. tried, I literally tried to find a condo or townhome to see like, you know, a modest home and how much it would be. There's none there for sale. <laughs> so then I went, I went big because go big or go home. And I'm literally going to share this with you because you need to see this. Oh, look at this. My sharing is like freaking out. I'm going to hope I share the correct screen with you. Let's see. <laughs> Sorry. Hang on. I have to open system preferences so that I can share my screen. Take your time, girl. Have fun editing this, my friend. Or, you know, leave it in. Real, why? real time fun. Real, all the real time fun. It's real fun. It's super fun. Hello. Oh my gosh, it like literally won't let me. I had this problem recently myself when I was trying to share my screen. It's like when you're recording, it doesn't let you. And I thought I was good at Zoom because I've been teaching with Zoom all year and clearly I still suck at it. Hang on, share screen. Advanced sharing options. Only host, let's try that. And I'm definitely the host of this. Yep. It just said that you disabled my screen sharing, my ability to screen share, because you don't like me. This is so, I'm like really sad right now. How can I not? Oh, I must have to do it when we're not recording. That's really, that's. That is so sad. So devastating. Hang on. You can put I... it, put it in your, um, in the drive, in your notes in the drive and I can look at it. Okay, fair. Hang on. Let me see if I can do that right now. Actually, you know what I'm going to do? <laughs> I'm going to share the link with you. Oh, in the, in the chat. What am I doing? Oh, so smart. Okay. So open that bad boy up All while right, I take ready? my sweatshirt off because it's hot. All right. Let's take a peeky. Oh. Oh my, oh my, this is a mansion. $9.7 million. Correct. Like I said, go big or go home. I went for some beachfront properties here. Oh okay. my gosh. It has beach and pool. Oh, oh girl. It has like, a basketball to the court. Beach. It has a basketball court. Oh, I haven't. Oh, an indoor basketball an court. An indoor basketball court. Yeah. And a home theater. Correct. So when are we moving in? I mean, <laughs> woo, baby. <laughs> wow, that kitchen. It's stunning, right? Like literally everything is stunning. There's, wow. There is almost too much. Oh, look at, did you see the wine cellar? Have you gotten to that part yet? No. Oh my God. Get me there. Get me there. Oh, look at that walk-in closet, girl. Right? Wow. Okay. Oh, look at that. Oh, OMG. So the thing is, a lot of times when I look at like, cause occasionally I'll go on Zillow and I'll look at like the super duper expensive properties. They're always so like gaudy and just like, in my opinion, ugly and not in my taste, but this is like gorgeous. It's clean and fresh. And like, mm -hmm. I think it's a like, fairly new build, but I could be wrong. It's like, it's not gaudy at all. Like for mm -hmm. how enormous and and like 
grand it is it's it's like it's beautiful so it's, it's attainable it's it's a humble home if you will. <laughs> oh humble the estimated mortgage is forty nine thousand a month I'm just saying okay oh it's God. asking me to get pre-qualified sir never in my life could i get pre-qualified for that okay um so it's seven beds nine bath god the cleaning on that i'm telling you can't even imagine so the description is in all caps which it just i always think it's someone yelling at me through the computer Mm. So it says great opportunity to own magnificent lakefront property in East Kenilworth. The lakefront house is approximately 8,000 square feet above ground and 11,500 total finished space. It boasts a hundred foot of lakefront, seven bed, 7.2 bath. Wait, it said nine bath. How how, how do you have 0.2 bath? Fucking rich people, man. Who has (laughs) 0.2 bath? It's like just a, just a bidet. (laughs) (laughs) it has a gourmet kitchen a media room exercise room two wet bars a wine cellar elevator sport court and much much more that i mean that's literally that's that's not a house that's a function hall my friends that you stay over that's a hotel and suites hilton it up (laughs) i mean come on um, but it. also, if you own this house that we're talking about, can you please uh, message us? Because we would love to know what your life is like. And also, and can, can we you come be, visit? Can you be a Patreon member, please? Yes, please. <laughs> do you want to be? Do you want to sponsor us? <laughs> so, the um, the drink of Cook County is soda or any sugary drink. Interesting. Here's why. So in 2017, the Cook County implemented a soda tax on any sugary drink. And a few months later, it was immediately repealed. What? So I'm sure you've heard of Big Pharma, but have you heard of Big Soda? I'm not kidding. It was called Big Soda in the article. I'm not even kidding. I wish I was. I I had to include it. Of course. According to the Washington Post, Big Soda spent millions of dollars for ads, lobbyists, and political contributions of to ensure the taxes on sugary drinks didn't last long or weren't implemented at all. And from what I can tell, this was pretty much nationwide because oh, do you remember when um, New York City tried to put the tax on sugary drinks and it was like this whole yes, shit totally show explosion of people who were like, yes, this is great. And then literally on the opposite side, we're like, no, this is like the worst thing you could ever do ever. I mean, it's, it's like wild to me. That is so wild. That is, oh my gosh. So interesting. I mean, honestly though, on the one hand, it's like, I get it. Like, I don't see, I don't know. Cause everyone's like cool with there being a tax on cigarettes and like cigarettes are so expensive now. And it's because so they're just, yeah. they're not popular to smoke. Like it's just, it's not yes. a thing, but sugary drinks are, you know, pretty common. And on For the sure. one hand, it's like, I get that you don't want to get taxed for something that you like. Cause there are plenty of people who just like, like to drink soda and stuff. And that's cool. Yeah. 
But at the same token, I don't feel bad because the people who are advocating are not just like lay people on the street who are like, I like soda and I don't like being taxed on soda. It's the big greedy soda corporations that are like, oh my God, I'm going to lose a hundred dollars a month on my 10 trillion. If there's a tax, don't feel bad for you, sir. You can get over yourself. Okay. Well, how about, how about we do this? How about we do this simultaneous? We increase the minimum wage and then we put a tax on soda and then guess what? No one will care. Well, except for all those big people who are just dumb. Mm Mm-hmm. Yay. How about we tax them ridiculous sums of fucking money because they make way too much for their own good. Moving right along way after too much my money. liberal rant. So despite the public health well, just advocacy, <laughs> you're here for it. You know what we're about. Despite despite the public (laughs) health group's advocacy for the tax, the Cook County Board of Commissioners voted 15 to 1. Go you, you little man that just, or woman who just really believes that this is important um, to end the tax by December 1st, which ended it four months after it started. That's super, that is interesting. Huh. You know is there else? any particular soda or is it just any soda? No, I think it's just, I think the, it's just all the, like the soda the companies, soda. lemonade companies. Like think about how many companies have Oh yeah, those really like sugary drinks. And sugar is addictive. It's very addictive. For sure. Um, yeah, I would know because when I decided to have like less carbs in my diet, I was a hangry bitch for a little bit, but now I've evened out couple years oh, later. Yeah. well not it didn't take no, me years yeah but, you know. totally you remember time, though, my like terrible the, like, diet we were first year college students oh girl <laughs> sugar it, sugar and carbs is it's it's sneaky it's dangerous and a lot of people know? don't know that don't know that it is there but it is there yep 100 percent. and that right there is the lovely community of kenilworth illinois hi i'm matt and i'm phil And together, we host the History's B-Side podcast. You know, history is full of amazing stories and memorable people, but we don't care about them. Every week, we break down history's biggest stories and the forgotten people who made them happen. We're not historians. We're just two guys who enjoy a great story and plenty of laughs. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and more. Or follow at History's B-Side on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. This is History's B-Side. Wonderful. Thank you for covering that. So, okay. So I feel like where I went direction-wise this week is a little... I feel like I've been doing this lately. Like they're crimes, but they're like crimes uh, like against humanity. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! <laughs> like, we went big. <laughs> like it's not like an individual. I mean, it is. There is an individual crime that I speak about here, but there's like kind of like a there's there's more to it. Mm-hmm. So let me explain. So on one of my nightly TikTok TikToking that I was doing scrolling 
wildly through the night. <laughs> I came across this guy uh, and his handle. I actually wrote it down this time. It's Marco on Polo, I believe. And he has for the for the O's, they're all like zeros. Oh, okay. Um, and so he uh, he is black and he was talking about how he recently took um, a trip uh, across the south to go and like like go and see these beautiful sites and like you know go hiking and like all this stuff mm-hmm. and the reason I mentioned he's black is because he stopped somewhere in I forget which state it was I think it was in Virginia like just he was just passing through he stopped at a gas station to get gas in the in the evening and he went into the cashier to pay for the gas and the and the cashier said to him oh I saw this yeah uh did you see this? You like, you better not be here after sundown. And he was like, what? And the cashier was like, this is a sundown town. And he was like, a what? And so he's from uh, a, a wealthy, predominantly black suburb in, oh, Pennsylvania, I think. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry, uh, Marco and Polo. I'm totally going to get that wrong, but I do want to cover the place that he's from because I looked it up and it's super cool and I'm, I'm very interested. But anyway, so he then took this like deep dive into sundown towns. And I, as a white woman, had not heard of sundown towns before. And mm-hmm. I was really interested to learn more about them and educate myself on what that was and also educate you guys on what that was if you're not familiar with it. And so I wanted to cover this. And it's interesting because um, there's like a, there's a bunch of different websites dedicated to sundown towns and like where they are and, and basically so that people know what towns to avoid after dark. Um, there is some mixed beliefs about whether or not these exist still uh and you can to best believe that's along like racial lines like white people don't believe they exist anymore (laughs) Um, i'm gonna go ahead and say um it's hard to believe they don't exist when we had the whole like charlottesville thing happen a couple years ago and that wasn't even um at night that was like daytime just just throwing that out there you know Correct. So in my humble opinion, I, I, I believe that they definitely still, still exist. Also, if you're um, white, I don't know how you they don't that. exist for you. Like this they is, don't exist for you. Exactly. This is the whole issue is it's like, well, I haven't personally experienced it. So it is not real. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. There were tons of interviews that I read when I was doing research into this that was like, the interviewer would speak to another white person of everybody and it was like there wasn't like a black person to be found <laughs> so anyway so i have a ton of sources so wikipedia obviously um propublica sundown uh dot torgaloo.edu um shorefront journal um and the chicago tribune so I'm going to be really Here sad if I had that so, whole little piece about the um, the Calhoun family and it's a sundown town. Well, <laughs> uh, and you are correct. So Kenilworth oh, is a God. sundown town. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> but no, that's so no, but terrible. you're but you're but you're dead on. Like the reason that there were crosses burning in their yard were for that exact reason. So. Sundown towns, also known as sunset towns, gray towns, or sun 
downer towns were all white municipalities or neighborhoods in the U.S. that participated, uh, practiced a form of racial segregation by excluding non-whites via some uh, combination of discriminatory local laws, intimidation, or violence. So entire sundown counties and sundown suburbs were also created by the same process. The term came from signs posted that, quote unquote, colored people had to leave town by sundown. The practice was not restricted to the southern states, uh, as at least until the early 1960s, northern states could be nearly as inhospitable to Black travelers as states like Alabama or Georgia. Um, so that was really interesting. And there is a website where you can look up your state and see what the sundown towns is or were in your Ooh. state. So did you look up? Did you look up Massachusetts? I did. There were uh, a number of them. There were far less than I expected there to be. Thank goodness. Um, and it it was very, very interesting. Actually, New Hampshire gets a nice little mention here in Sundown Town. So here we go. <laughs> nice. Not surprised. I'm really not. Yeah. So discriminatory policies and actions uh, distinguish Sundown Towns from the towns that have no Black residents for demographic reasons. So historically, towns have been confirmed as Sundown Towns by newspaper articles, county histories, and work, um, works progress administration files, uh, cooperated by tax or U.S. Census records showing an absence of Black people or sharp drop in Black population between two censuses. So basically that drop would either be that they were run out of town or there was some form of slavery and some form there was slavery. And then, you know, once that ended, they were not allowed in the town anymore. Though... Just, you know, fun things. So the earliest legal restrictions on nighttime activities and movements um, and other uh, ethnic, so of Black people and other ethnic minorities date back to the colonial era. So it was interesting. It wasn't, it, though it mainly focuses on, um, on people who are Black, it, there was also um, a discussion about how this also affect people who are Jewish and other minorities, which is great. So the De General Court and Legislative Assembly of New Hampshire passed an act to prevent disorders in the night in 1714. So it said, whereas great disorders, uh, insolences and burglaries are oft times rised and committed in the nighttime by this. So this is, uh, this is written back in 1714. So just take these all oh, lean, with a great thought oh oh i'm sorry i, was, I thought you were i thought it was going to be like hence forth and i was like just lean into it but i have a feeling it's not that so don't, yeah no don't it's lean, like nope don't lean lean away lean the opposite way <laughs> yeah no it's the the terms that they're using so <laughs> nighttime by so they're saying that all of this crime rised nighttime by indian negro and mulatto servants and slaves to the disquiet and hurt of her majesty's subjects no Indian, Negro, or mulatto is to be home, is to be from home after nine o'clock. So basically what they're saying is that all of those people that are getting attacked are causing a ruckus because they're getting attacked. So let's make sure that they go inside their home so that they don't get attacked and cause us a headache. I mean, so what they're they're they what they're saying here is that these people are attack attacking white people. 
that or that they are causing burglaries and crime and all this stuff so that if by them going into their homes at 9 p.m the white people will be safe but what you just said is more accurately probably what was going on <laughs> i mean honestly <sighs> well now we know why new hampshire has like very minimal people of color correct yeah So notices emphasizing and reaffirming the curfew were published in the New Hampshire Gazette in 1764 and 1771. So this is another example of how like, because sundown towns were one of these things where there's not a lot of public record about it. Like you have to go looking for it. Like Mm -hmm. it was in newspaper articles, like because people are trying to cover cover it up. up. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So Following the era of recon- uh, following the end of the Reconstruction era, many thousands of towns and counties across the United States became sundown localities as a part of the imposition of Jim Crow laws and other racist practices. So, in most cases, the exclusion was official town policy, or was uh, put in place by the co- uh, community's real estate agents via exclusionary. Uh, covenants uh, excuse me governing who could buy or rent property so fun fact when you become a real estate agent if you join the national association of realtors um there is a ton of discrimination training that you are required to take and a lot of it i would uh, guess stems from this like you can't so when a when a client asks you for demographic information about an area you can't be the one to give them that information. You have to point them to the source. You have to say, oh, you can look at this website um, because that can be seen as discrimination if you are showing them like exclusively like black neighborhoods or white neighborhoods or whatever neighborhoods, purple neighborhoods, like doesn't matter. Like, Also, so- I would argue that pretty much every job should have some type of anti-racist. Um- Agreed training because do you remember when you were doing the walk through the inspection on the house mm-hmm. and I'm not going to say exactly what this guy said because it was disgusting mm-hmm. but it was mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. white cis yeah. male lawyer slash realtor yeah. we'll probably never hear this but I hope he does because he annoyed the shit out of me um yeah he was such a butt who walked around and treated us like we were fucking stupid which ended up helping me in the inspection because he thought I was fucking stupid and didn't realize that like for example listeners this man tried to tell me that the dishwasher when it ran overflowing with bubbles was normal and that sometimes you just had to run as as he was times as he was bailing water out of it as he was trying to bail he was he was bailing water like it was a sinking ship. Like it was ridiculous. <laughs> he also tried to tell me, a science teacher, how a hot water heater worked. Could could not. But you know what? We ended up winning in the end because he was not expecting yes. me to fight back on so much stuff. It was crazy. Again, thought it was fucking stupid. So sexist jerk. Sometimes you got to lean into totally. it, yep. use it to your advantage because you win in the end. But do you remember he made that like, it was about the water heater and it was about the number of people like living in a house. And I'm, you know, like, I'm sure that people can kind of fill in the blanks yes. about what fucked up statement it he said, make any sense. but I remember the two of us sitting there with our jaws, like hitting the fucking floor being like, what are you talking about? And then he goes, I mean, I'm kidding, sir. No, you're not. You're an asshole yeah. and you're racist and you're sexist. 
shut yes, up and go correct. the fuck away. Like, and honestly, yes. the thing this- that sucks was that the people that I bought this house from were not white. I'm like, what the fuck do you say to them? Um, I know, right? I mean, the thing, like, the thing that is always wild to me is when other, when white people try and like, they're like, ooh, look at this other white person. I'm going to say something to them because we are allies. Like, I'm going to make a racist joke because we are allies. And I'm like, don't, don't look at me and you think I'm your ally. I am absolutely not. (laughs) Sir, you're incorrect. You just, you don't feel too comfortable with me. You are not safe. This is not a safe space for you. In fact, this is a a violent place for you. Please leave. (laughs) In fact, sir, if this was my home, you would be exiting swiftly. But because we're in paperwork process, I can't kick you out. Correct. So, anywho, back to this story. Disappointed he got a commission. Very um, disappointed, but not my Yeah, right. So, in um so in others the policy was enforced through intimidation um so this intimidation intimidation occurred uh, a number of ways including harassment by law enforcement um though widely believed to be a thing of the past racially restrictive covenants were struck down by the supreme court in its 1948 shelby um, excuse me shelley versus creamer decision many hundreds of towns continue to effectively exclude black people and other minorities minor, minor, minorities excuse me in the 21st century so um in 1844, Oregon, back to Oregon again, banned uh, African Americans from the territory altogether. Those who failed to leave could expect to receive lashings under a law known as the Peter Burnett Lash Law, named for provisional Supreme Judge Peter Burnett. No persons were ever lashed under the law that we know of, I'm going to say in parentheses there. It was quickly amended to uh, to place lashing with forced labor and eventually repealed the following year after a change in the makeup of the legislature. I don't even have words. I'm like really fucking. I know. Holy shit. It's, 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 it's horrible. It's horrible. So another additional, um, however, additional laws aimed at African-Americans entering Oregon were ratified in 1849 and 1857 and the last which was not the last of which was not repealed until 1926. This law in Oregon was the foreshadowing of future laws restricting where minorities could live not only in Oregon but in other jurisdictions. Um, so other places look to laws and legislation to keep restrict uh, to to help restrict black people from residing within the cities, towns and states. So an example is Louisiana, um, excuse me, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, whose mayor proposed a law in 1911 that would restrict black people from owning property in certain parts of the city. The city ordinance reached public attention when it was challenged in the US Supreme Court case, uh, Buchanan versus Worley in 1917. Ultimately, the court des- decided that the laws passed in Louisville were unconstitutional. We had to go to the Surprise Supreme Court. We had to go to the Supreme Court for that, really. Seriously. Um, beep, bop, boop, bop, 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 bop. So this one legal victory 
did not, however, stop towns from developing into sundown towns. City planners and real estate companies used their power and authority to ensure that while communities um, remained white and black communities remained black. So the interesting, well, the horrible. So Colleen Kilner was right. She was discredited on Wiki and she was fucking right. Correct. So the interesting thing about Sundown Towns is so you'll you'll notice in everything that I just read is that there were a bunch of laws that were passed, you know, in the early in in the in the 17, 18 and 1900s, early 1900s that um, were like formally restricting it. But then they became Sundown Towns because they are they weren't it wasn't actual legislature like it was actual laws that were making it this way it was the community that was enforcing it and so that's why there's very little evidence of it existing then and existing Mm. now because it's it's all correct exactly um so these were private individuals making decisions to personally benefit themselves their companies profits or their cities alleged um safety so that methods in creating sundown towns were often ignored by the courts in addition to unfair housing rules, citizens turned to violence and harassment and making sure Black people would not remain in their cities after sundown. So whites in the North felt that their way of life was threatened by the increased minority population moving into their neighborhoods and racial tensions started to build. This often boiled over into violence, sometime, um, sometimes extreme, such as the 1943 Detroit race riot. So here's here's my question, and I'm sure it's an obvious question with an obvious mm-hmm. answer that they didn't do back then. So we're cool with people of color coming in and being your servant, which I'm sure is like mostly their job, servant, butlers, maids, oh. mm-hmm. any sort of hard labor activity. Um, and then you just, you want them to leave. Then we don't want to see you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one, I'm just... It blows my mind that no one sat there and was like, this is gross. Like, this is really, and I'm sure there were, but I'm sure they were the minority. But like, I just, I can't believe more people weren't like, ooh, I'm a douchebag. Like, I'm a literal fucking douchebag. I mean, it's, it's so infuriating because like, you know, you look at all of this and you think like how horrible all of this is and like how could we even like it had to go to the supreme court like nobody thought this was a that this was just awful in general that it like it had to be legally like shut down but and so then i watch like for instance i am binging Grey's anatomy right now because i have an eight month old and when she sleeps i watch Grey's anatomy and there was an episode recently um where a white supremacist comes into the emergency room and a um, black surgeon, uh, a woman, um, she goes to help him. And he was like, no, please, like, can I have a a male surgeon? And so at first she just thinks he's sexist. She doesn't realize, she doesn't know at this point that he's a white supremacist. And so then she brings in the chief of surgery, who is a black man. And he goes, oh, please, no, please just bring me just somebody else, any other doctor. And they're like, and so then they realized they were like, you mean a white doctor. And so they end up bringing in, in um, uh, 
oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking on her name, but her, her Christina Yang is her name in the show, but I'm blanking on her name in real life, the actor. Um, but anyway, oh, so she I know is, who you're talking about uh, too. of yeah. Asian descent. Oh my gosh, it's driving me crazy. Um, but she's of Asian descent. But in the movie or in the TV show, her father, her stepfather was Jewish and her mother is of Asian descent. And so, um, so she's, so the, the um, Bailey, the black surgeon, woman, female surgeon says to Christina Yang, um, you're not white, you're not black. So we're going to try this and like, see how it goes. And so then the white supremacist dude lifts up his shirt and he has this huge swastika on his stomach. And he says, like, I just didn't want them to see it because I didn't want them to take offense. And so this whole episode, I mean, it was horrible, right? And so, like, Christina Yang <laughs> Wait, is all upset because- Is he, know, like, is is he, like, I used to be a white supremacist and so I'm embarrassed I have no, no. this? He, no, no. He's currently a white supremacist and he later talks about how he has, it's it's not a big deal. I just have, quote, unquote, beliefs. <sighs> Which makes I me mean- want to, like- Dude, the Punch way someone. that people justify their thoughts is incredible. Like, there are so many people. I'm like, just walk can't. me through it, friend. Walk me through it. It doesn't make flipping any sense. Anyway, so, but in this episode of this show, so this 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 particular season, I think it's in the fourth season, which happens in kind of like early mid two thousands. It is used to show that like we all think watching the show he is portrayed as this horrible horrible person this white supremacist like oh my gosh he's like one in a million like nobody's like that anymore and i think and the thing that makes me so like i get so like oh like want to scream and like jump up and down and like flail my arms around is that like i think there was a point and i think it was right around the time that this show came out Um, or this episode came out, Obama was president, we had a black president, and we were living in this bubble where we were like, this doesn't exist anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. we can represent this on TV and we can be like, oh my God, this guy is crazy and like, blah, blah, blah. And then our bubble was totally burst. And I feel like we were also naive and like, we, I mean, white people. um, And we had these rose colored glasses Mm -hmm. on that we thought like, we've overcome this. We're doing so great. And then you're like, holy crap, these people still exist. These sundown towns still exist. And so it just like, I could rage about this for hours, but like, I just, <sighs> anyway, I know. moving I know. This, on. This podcast I don't even like know what hours long. No, it'll be like seven hours long. I, I agree with you. It's, it's, it's <sighs> very sad to see the number of people and not only white supremacists, but the people who I wouldn't categorize them as full white supremacist. The best way I can put it is they're not racist, but they're not anti-racist. So I wouldn't put them into the white supremacy category. Yeah. But I would also put them into the category of them being like, well, I can kind of see where they're coming from. And that to me, I'm like, oh my God. Oh yeah. And like the casual racism, like the stuff that like is just like said in conversation and you're like, did you just, did that just come out of your mouth? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I, so anyway. I, yeah, I know. So since the <laughs> civil rights movement in the 50s and 60s, and especially since the Fair Housing Act of 68, prohibitions, uh, excuse me, not prohibitions, um, well, I guess, yes, prohibitions of uh, radical discrimination. Oh my gosh, my brain is so angry. I can't even read. <laughs> so since the fair, 
Since the Fair Housing Act of 1968, there has, uh, it has been prohibited um, to discriminate against race in the sale, rental, or financing of a house. Um, the number of sundown towns has decreased. However, as sociologist James William uh, Lowen writes in his book, Sundown Towns, A Hidden Dimension of American Racism, written in 2005, it is impossible to precisely count the number of sundown towns at any given time because most towns have not kept records of the ordinances or signs that marked the town's sundown status. He further notes that the hundreds of cities across America have been sundown towns as some, at some point in their history. Um, additionally, uh, Lowen writes that sundown towns status may, uh, meant more than just uh, African-Americans were unable to live in these towns. Any Black people who entered were found in sundown, who were found in sundown towns after sunset were subject to harassment, threats, and violence, including lynchings. The Supreme Court case Brown versus Board of Education ruled segregation of schools unconstitutional in 1954. Lowen argues that the case caused some municipalities in the South to become sundown towns. Missouri, Tennessee, and Kentucky saw a drastic drop in the Black population living in those states following the decision. So Victor Hugo Green, um, a man in the, um, oh, I don't have the year written down here, but I believe it was the late 1800s, early 1900s. He decided to create a travel guide for Black travelers using guides published for uh, people uh, for Jewish people um, who often faced discrimination from non-Jewish whites when they traveled. So he, there's a whole travel guide um, that you can look up that you like safe routes that still exist today to take through the South as somebody um, in a minority group. Horrific. Horrific. I can't even. Um, it's so infuriating um so okay so it was really interesting that you touched upon um at the beginning uh the first black family that moved into the town because i wanted to actually talk about them um that was what i wanted to like besides all the sundown town stuff i just wanted to um cover just uh just how they are treated in a sundown town so and also, um, I originally, so besides that TikTok that I found, when I went down the road of Sundown Towns, I found this town called uh, do, 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 Anna, Illinois. Um, and I, it's, it's bad, guys. It's bad. It's bad. I feel very betrayed by Wikipedia you right should, now. You should. And Wiki it, has- that was a little whitewashed there. I mm -hmm. wasn't a little whitewashed. That was like real whitewashed there, Wiki. It was, you know, and that's the thing about like the whole stuff with Sundown Towns is it's all like covert. It's all like word of mouth. So like, it's not surprising that it's like, we're really nice. Anytime that like something says like, we're really nice to black people here, you know, that's a lie. So, I mean, Wiki must be exclusively getting its donations from that community <laughs> because right? that was really whitewashed like right? I'm very disappointed yeah so um so 
I originally wanted to cover the town of Anna, but the town itself is is not wealthy. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the really interesting thing about sundown towns is it it makes me feel like vindicated is not the right word. But a sundown town, so restricting uh, a like minority groups from your city, town, whatever, county, does not make you a wealthy town. No. In fact, a huge number of towns that are sundown towns that are still like questionable to be sundown towns are not wealthy. Well, so what does that same, tell you? It's the same argument where most of the states that have high welfare and high poverty rates are red states. And that is the side of the aisle that like despises what it's it is it's wild to me it again the logic that you create in your own head to justify your actions like people will go to any length oh yeah the mental gymnastics are incredible so this so let me tell you why i wanted to do anna and so anna is it's um in this in southern illinois um but like basically all of the towns in this area and Chicago in general, the areas around Chicago in general were like very well known to be sundown towns. Interesting. So this um, article written in ProPublica by this journalist, he goes to Anna, Illinois. And so he took a seat at the bar, a a man two stools over from him struck up a conversation. He told him he was a journalist from Chicago and asked him a little bit about, about the town. And the man at the bar said to him, you know how this town is called Anna? He laughed and he said, that's for ain't no N-words allowed. Oh my fucking God. That's literally where the name of this town came from. (gasps) It's literally what the town name means. And they want, there's some like petitions to change the name of the town. Yes. Right. Uh, But it hasn't been changed yet. Well, shocking after the last four years we just had. Yeah, right. So that was the town I wanted to cover. And so then I found Kenilworth um, because it is a wealthy town. And I wanted to cover a wealthy town because that is what we'd cover. And um, it's hard because guess what? Diverse towns are more wealthy than less diverse towns. So that is why it was so hard to find a sundown town that was wealthy. Makes sense. Yes. Yeah, it makes sense because it was 97% white. And usually it's like pretty white wherever but we go. That's like way white. But actually, you know what else I wanted to point out? Yes, please. So their whole ain't no blah, blah, blah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, They do realize that grammatically that means they are allowed because ain't no is a double negative. You fucking dipshits are... can't even do it right either. Oh right? my fucking Seriously? God. All right, go ahead. Right? Good point. So um, this is going back to John Sears, what you had said at the beginning. So on November 1st, 1889, a wealthy businessman, John Sears, purchased 208 acres of land for $135,000, became known as Kenilworth. Um, as, a, as a founder, Sears had several set several ordinances, large lots, high standards of construction, no alleys, and sales to Caucasians only. 
Soon after, it was amended to allow for Blacks as live-in domestics. Oh, my God. Yeah. So as such, there was never a residential property owned by a Black family or were there. So census data through Kenilworth's history tallied live-in domestics. Uh, in 1900, there were nine. Uh, 1930, 107, 1960, there were 39, 1990, there were 15, and in 2000, there were four. I didn't know that was still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So a total of seven Black people were recorded in the 2010 census census out of a population of 2,500. Holy shit. Seven. Holy shit. Seven. So Harold and Lillian Calhoun are known to be the first Black family to purchase a home in Kenilworth. Uh, the Calhouns had four children, and the family lived at 601 Melrose Ave from 1964 until 1976. Um, excuse me. In 66, the Calhouns were alerted to a fire on their front lawn. Kenilworth officials this week expressed shock. Shock! Over Friday night's cross burning on the lawn of the village's only, this article is old, they call yep. them Negro family, and promised to use every source available to find the offenders, I'm sure. Okay, and, and they, since it was two fucking teenagers and they couldn't figure that out, I'm sure they used every source available. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. So a neighbor discovered the <laughs> eight foot tall cross blazing in front of the home at harold calhoun uh at oh my oh my goodness in front of the home of harold calhoun at about 10 30 p.m the only member of the calhoun family who saw the cross was uh the calhoun's eldest daughter laura who was 14 um the youngest calhoun children were preparing for bed so uh, Harold Calhoun was a, was was the assistant attorney general for the state of uh, Illinois. Damn. Yeah. Uh, Lillian Calhoun was a journalist for Ebony and Jet magazines and later feature feature editor of the Chicago Defender. Yeah, they so were like the, breaking all the statistics. They were like beast. Yeah. They were like super cool people. Which is why everyone's fucking threatened. So. Mm-hmm. So in yep in 1965, uh, Lillian joined the Chicago Sun Times, becoming the first Black woman Holy to shit. work in the publication's newsroom. Yes, um, she later formed a public relations firm called Calmer Communications. So these people were incredible. Like mm-hmm. the Calhouns were amazing. So their son, Walter Calhoun, reflects back on life in Kenilworth. Okay, and I also have to just say something. So the fact that I just said they inc- they're incredible, they are incredible. Look at them, like, doing all that they're doing. They're, you know, breaking down barriers, shattering glass ceilings, all of this stuff. And I think often there's this portrayal, it makes me, like, getting heated again. It There's this portrayal of, um, of, like black families and like successful black like women and men and that is seen as like the ideal Mm -hmm. and like they're not allowed to just be like normal people i I was gonna say you should be allowed to be average correct you can just be average and that still makes you worthy of respect and like you're still a human being like Mm -hmm. there are so many so 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 many average white people Mm. so many it's also a lot of underwhelmingly below average. For correct. 
just because you're not the editor of, you know, whatever publication doesn't mean that you don't deserve equal respect. Like we have these uh, really amazing figures in popular culture that are wonderful for, you know, young, you know, young boys and girls to look up to who are um, people of color. You know, we have, we have like Oprah, we have Beyonce, we have blah, blah, blah. But like, and, and they're amazing and I love them, of course. But like, can, like, you don't have to be spectacular to mm-hmm. be treated like a human. Correct. And I, I just, I like, I just, it just, it makes me frustrated. <laughs> no, I 100% agree with you. You should be able to be underwhelmingly below average of any race and not be afraid to walk outside your front door like I honestly I give them a hell of a lot of credit for staying because I don't know that I would stay I would especially with kids I would be very afraid and so I give them a lot of credit for being like fuck you go ahead burn up my Bermuda grass I'll plant more asshole you know what I mean like yeah I don't know that I'd be able to do that yeah a hundred percent So their son, Walter Calhoun, reflects back on life in Kenilworth. So being five, I had a different, more positive experience living there. My brother and sister, being older, had a different one. Oh my God, Uh, Wiki, why did you only take Walter's point of view? I'm very betrayed. I'm just saying it. I'm very betrayed by Wiki today. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Like, this is why, like, it's you know rose-colored glasses they're whitewashing like the people who won they're going to write history like that's the stupid crap so uh walter later reflected that he believed that his mother may have in the end thought it was a mistake to move there she did not want to be the first and only black family she had hoped that other families would follow but they didn't and i can't blame them (laughs) well i also can't even imagine how expensive it was to live there and I mean, in in the 60s and even now, it's much harder to climb that ladder of wealth if you are a person of color than it is for a white person to. So I don't know how many people of color could have even afforded to live in that town too, which is sad. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's so sad. So the Calhouns eventually moved away as their children graduated and moved on and due to career changes. Walter Calhoun later moved back to the North Shore, though, not Kenilworth. Um, I moved to an area that was, well, more diverse, he said. (laughs) Not surprising because I don't blame him at all. Yeah. So uh, early history in Kenilworth may have recorded an earlier family before the Calhouns who owned property in Kenilworth or at least connected to a larger part of quote-unquote property owned by Kenilworth founder uh, Joseph Sears. So from the recollection of early residents of Kenilworth, the location of the Indian cabin was in uh, Winnetka, a few hundred feet north of the uh, Kenilworth boundary line on pasture land adjoining his home and rented by Joseph Sears. It was occupied by Robert Hadley, quote unquote colored coachman of the Sears's and then torn down in 1903. So he was their coachman basically mm-hmm. um, and he was black. So Robert Hadley from Tennessee and his wife Julia from Canada had two children, Ethel and Hazel. Robert Hadley bega- began as a coachman for uh, Butler livery in Eviston 
1890, later as a chauffeur uh, for Joseph Sears. So the Hadley's house uh, patterns varied, excuse me, the Hadley's housing patterns varied from 1890 through 1931. Um, So after 120 years, Kenilworth may have come for a full circle again. But as of the latest census, they had enumerated zero people of color as residents. Stop. And this article was written in, where is it? I was just looking at it. Hold on. Let me go find the date. 2013. Oh my God. So there are now, so as of the census that you told us about, there were, there were some other people of color living there, but. Not a, I mean, not zero. a lot by any stretch. 97% white is yeah. a hell of a lot. Well. So, I mean, I, I found so many articles. I could have gone on for like days and days and days, but I just wanted to cover this because I thought it was really relevant and very interesting and I wanted other people to know about it. So that is my crime against humanity. <laughs> that is, oh my, it, it's so terrible. Like it honestly yeah. is. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I'll never, I'll never get it. Like I'll never... I'll never understand how people feel that way. I mean, Correct. and I wish it, it could, I sense. wish, I wish we could say it was a hundred years ago and I, wish. I I hate the times were different, but like they weren't, it clearly they weren't because we're still doing this shit now. So correct. 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 Well, to lighten up the crimes against humanity, please sentence. I never thought I'd fucking say <laughs> ever. Um, <laughs> We have the 24 weirdest laws in Illinois, including one from Kenilworth. Lovely. I'm ready. Give it to me. All right. So first one, those under 21 can drink legally, but they must be enrolled in a culinary program to do so. <laughs> cool. I like must it. Have I a like lot it. Of, lot of underage chefs there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in Des Plaines, wheelbarrows with for sale signs may not be chained to trees cool just in case that wheelbarrow runs okay. away on you in decatur <laughs> it's against the law to drive a car without a steering wheel valid and i want to know who was the person that did that that the cops were like we have to make this a fucking law guys like this is uncool that's incredible yeah that's when i feel like like that happens in my classroom all the time it's like some kid will do something i'm like well that's now a rule because that's really <laughs> uncool friends <laughs> um in Joliet, you must contact police before entering the city in an automobile. Those police must be way bogged down. Yes, yeah, seriously. It's against the law to urinate on a street sign in normal. The normal law was enacted after the famous beer riot in the early 1980s. Oh, no. In, oh, no. In, champ- in Champagne, one may not pee in his neighbor's mouth. <sighs> Yeah, no, that shouldn't be allowed ever anyway. Again, very specific laws. So specific, so specific. Uh, Don't ever order a bottle of water at a Bloomington bar and attempt to walk out of the place with it. Hell no, H2O. (laughs) (laughs) In Galesburg, 
no person may keep a smelly dog. Well, Bodie was not allowed there. <laughs> Neither is Piper. <laughs> he needs to get groomed so bad, but we're going camping next week. And I'm like, eh, can wait a week. He smells like a literal like Dorito when he wakes up. <laughs> like it smells like an old bag of Doritos. <laughs> I don't even know what Piper smells like. She because she gets so sweaty because her skin is <laughs> or like she's so hairless that like her chest gets all sweaty. And so she just smells like a big. I don't even know. It's a Dorito going because Bodie is the same way. It's literally like, I'm like, oh, wow, it smells like Doritos in here. I this need to cute. start putting deodorant on this dog. <laughs> it's illegal to make soap in normal unless you have a soap making license. What? Soap? <laughs> I'm telling you. This oh one's actually God. legit. Like I, this one I think is a thing in Boston too. In Lincoln, you can be ticketed if you parked more than 12 inches from the curb. Well, yeah, because you can't park in the middle of the fucking road. Makes total sense. Like that one, I love how they're like, that's a weird one. I'm like, no, that's nope. like really yeah, like, normal. Don't park in the middle of the road. Oh, we'd be screwed. We can never move to this town. Mispronouncing is a misdemeanor in Joliet, which I'm probably pronouncing that town's name wrong. Oh, my gosh. Town fathers in I would Joliet. be racking up. <gasps> we'd be racking up misdemeanors left and right all right ready no i did watch this or not watch this listen to watch this watch me do this listen <laughs> to this so town fathers oh my god fucking fathers group um i went down anti-feminist tech talk but that's a that's a story for another day oh, that was oh rough. lord a man who was trying to protect father's rights i was like I, I fucking cannot with you sir okay so town fathers in so i guess it's called Joliet. Reflecting ah. the pet peeve of hearing their town's name mispronounced. Oh no, I did pronounce it right. Okay. They're basically pissed because people mispronounce it Joliet, where all local folk know it's pronounced Joliet. Hey, Joliet. <laughs> so they made pronouncing it Joliet a misdemeanor punishable by a $5 crime. I swear to God, fucking men. They, how? why just stop just come to massachusetts nobody can say anything fucking right okay yeah, so no, it's we like say everything wrong and we live for it it's like no we don't everybody comes here and they're like where's peabody i don't fucking oh, know but it's not here ma'am okay yeah I, I don't know where peabody is correct <laughs> so it's against the law in bloomington to feed the birds if you live within a mile of the downtown square that is a story i'd love to hear <laughs> because bird man you know there was like uh yeah there was like the what's that one the where the crows descend on the town oh yeah. yes the birds. Be what it was. yes yes in morton grove you could not own a handgun until a 2008 repeal i don't see how that's a weird lie actually no i think, I think that's that, fucking let's, legit let's keep that going um in Galesburg, no bicyclists may practice, quote, fancy riding on any city street. No fancy riding. <laughs> no fancy riding. Oh, this is terrible. There's a $1,000 fine for beating rats with baseball bats in Galesburg. Oh yeah, yeah, don't do that. That's horrible. Jesus Christ. Um, a lot of Galesburg here. In Galesburg, it's illegal to burn bird feathers. Okay. In Kenilworth, a rooster must step back 300 feet from any residence if he wishes to crows. Apparently, apparently, if he wishes to crow. Apparently, you can jail um, roosters in that town. Because they have to, sir, step back. You are you are not within um, crowing range. What? Okay? That is 
<laughs> Take that cockadoodle okay. do somewhere else. <laughs> in Kirkland, bees are not allowed to fly over the village through any streets. Again, we can How? apparently jail bees. I don't know oh who has the job of policing that, but good luck, sir. I can't even. In Moline, ice skating during the months of June and August is prohibited. Well, yes. It, you know, it was it was literally probably there was one time when it was like exceptionally cold in. Um, oh, I'm sure. Oh, I don't know why it's June and August and not June, July and August. But, you know, there was some time where it was exceptionally cold. And there's probably like the thinnest layer of ice from like this ridiculously long winter. And someone's like, you know, it'd be fun on this 50 degree day ice skating and then they fell through oh, oh my god i love that july is not included though like like there would be ice in august as well <laughs> so many questions so many questions in horner it's against the law to use a slingshot unless you are a law enforcement officer again something i would love to fucking see is the police like step back <laughs> absolutely in Chicago, it's forbidden to fish while sitting on a giraffe's neck. Um, what happened there? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like the wild giraffe population of Chicago. It, it was just, it was getting out of control. Just running wild. It is illegal to hang obstructions from the rear view mirror, including fuzzy dice, air fresheners, and GPS units. Fair. I don't really think that one's that ridiculous. No. Kites may not be flown within the city limits of Chicago because Chicago is anti-fun. <laughs> no fun to be had here. going to get a lot of hate for that one. Um, in Evanston, it is unlawful to change clothes in a car with the curtains drawn except in case of fire. We're getting too specific I have questions. here. We're too- <laughs> you can't change in your car. So specific. Also, who has curtains in their car? because like if you're living like i can think of like those vans where they have like the curtains because you can live in the back of them you know what yeah that's just it's those are those are illinois laws and they're just living it up over there in illinois i i like it i like it thank you for uh for bringing us there i think that was where we needed to go after uh after bye crime against humanity i was gonna say attempting to lighten up uh after not yes. lighten up a crime against humanity but after a crime after against humanity. yes don't lighten it up just try and make you feel better about yourself well <laughs> friendos we hope you enjoyed this we are taking ourselves a little summer break if you will for yes. two weeks we will be coming back what was it june 15th i think is that tuesday Something yes like, sometime in june i think it's the 15th We'll keep you updated. Um, we'll keep you updated, but we are coming back with a fun one. We are going to yes. have a guest who we are very excited, excited to have on. Yes. And we think you guys will enjoy him too because he is a very funny lawyer on TikTok who yes. we enjoy watching his funny antics and would love to have his antics on the show as well. A hundred percent. So with that, enjoy these these two weeks sans fancy town crimes get outside lay in the sun we will miss you soak up those rays enjoy yourself treat yourself treat yourself girl and uh we will catch you next time see you next time
Thanks for listening to Fancy Town Crimes. Our cover art and editing is by me, Taylor Adams. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Fancy Town Crimes. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share with us, email us at fancytowncrimespodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like this show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way to spread the news. If you'd like to show your support and get a shout out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the shenanigans going. <laughs>